the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Well, friends, welcome back to Table Talk and Taps. It is good to be with you guys. Taps. Tap. Not taps. Not taps. Just tap. Just okay. Theology Alive <laughs> podcast. Together with Table Talk this morning, you're listening to Radio Pulpit 657 AM and Radio K Pulpit 729 AM. And it is this morning, Mark and the gang. <laughs> Jabu and Isaac joining me from Central Baptist Church, Pretoria, together with Peter and Brennan joining from Pretoria North Baptist Church. Great to have you guys all together on the podcast today. Um, lovely to chat around this topic, uh, deeply meaningful, um, being Friday and being Good Friday, um, that we're chatting around um, the life and the death of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Mm. Um, we, we're entering because we've discussed first Jesus um, from eternity past and then in the Old Testament, prophecies relaying uh, relating to his death on the cross. We then discussed his life, basically the, the eyewitness accounts of the Gospels um, up to the point um, of his arrest. Um, and now we enter into the final part of the podcast this morning um, and we discuss um, the actual death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And I was wondering if we could maybe center our discussions around what are traditionally called the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. They're taken from um, all four Gospels, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, uh, starting with uh, Luke twenty-three thirty-four, where Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And uh, they cast lots and divided his garments. Uh, then going on to Luke twenty-three forty-three, where Jesus uh, said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, John 19, 26 and 27, Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And she said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. Uh, Matthew 27, uh, 46, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabakanti. Uh, uh, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and in the last uh, three sayings, uh, Mark chapter 15, verse 34, um, at the ninth hour, Jesus, uh, I just read that, <laughs> John nineteen twenty-eight. after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And when they had received the sour 
wine in John chapter 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And then finally in Luke 23, 46, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Those would be the, the sayings of Christ on the cross. And maybe we could work through each one of those, just paying a few minutes attention uh, to each and so the first one would be from Luke 23 verse 34 and Jesus said father forgive them for they know not what they do and down below they cast lots to divide his garments uh, I, I I think that is just a wonderful show of of God's of, of Christ's grace and compassion because uh, they were uh, not just crucifying him, they were mocking him. You know, the, um, I, I just keep thinking, you know, Jesus knowing who he was, <laughs> he who created the very people that are, uh, you know, uh, mocking him and, and, and spitting, and he with compassion saying they they don't know what they they're doing um and i think it is um when we think about christ's likeness you know this is one of those that just elevates (laughs) christ's uh, nature in in who he was that uh, we have a long way to go yeah Mm. i think if ever there was a person who who deserved to defend themselves? Yes, it would have been Jesus at that yeah. moment. Uh, he said that to Pilate, right? That's correct. I mean, if I had to just say the word, ten thousand, well, myriads. I think is the is the idea. Yeah. Myriads of angels would come to my defense. Yes. And so, Jesus showing once again this this complete humility, but more than just humility, love, grace, mercy, by by being treated as a, a guilty person the most you know it's it's difficult to to say it like this but the most innocent person ever was treated well, absolutely as the, the, most the spotless the yeah. spotless lamb of god that mm. takes away the sins yeah. of the world the righteous one the holy one of god traded for people like me you know unrighteous unholy unspotless blemished yeah. fooled um yeah it's a it's a remarkable thing I think maybe just one one last thing is um, I, I don't think um, what Christ meant there was the ignorance equals the innocence. Um, I think mm. um, there's a there's a good emphasis that his his compassion and his death was even for them. Yes, that uh, though they mock him and kill him, mm. um, it is for them that he has come and died. Mm. Sure. sure, yeah, it's good. We, we see that fulfilled. I mean, that's the most remarkable thing. At the foot of the cross, the Roman centurion responsible for the death of Christ ends up walking away and glorifying God, declaring, surely this man was the son of God. Mm. We see that his account in at least three of the gospel messages. I, I don't think it's in four, but in three of the gospel messages, this this account of of really the, the, first, the first saint um, saved post the resurrection, uh, sorry, post the death of Christ, um, sure. well, the, the next words are the last saint saved before the death of Christ. Remarkable words. Mm. Maybe, Brennan, and this time I'll start with you. Um, Jesus said to him in Luke 23, verse 43, Truly, I say to you, 
today you will be with me in paradise. What's going on there? Well, what's the story behind the, those words? Sweet words. Sweet words. Um, so again, the, the, the remarkable thing about that statement is we, we see the, the two thieves hanging beside Jesus um, on, on the cross. And this, this guy, this thief is realizing that the person who's hanging next to me is, is there's, no, there's no fault in him. He has done nothing wrong. He says to, his, to the other chap at the other side, he says, this, he has done nothing wrong. Um, we are here justly. He shouldn't be here. And then he speaks with Jesus, and then Jesus says to him, "Today you will be, you will be with me in paradise." And so, um, I'm not sure if you've seen the the one clip of Alistair Begg. Oh, it's pretty. <laughs> it's so brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. I think you um, used it. Yeah. And and I laugh at it every time, and it's oh, it's, it's so brilliant. It's just, I'm just laughing, the way just it's remembering. <laughs> but can I just can I just let the, yeah. the readers in, guys? Yeah. If you're not listening to Alistair Begg, a preacher with a Scottish accent yeah. in the states, um, do yourself a favor, listen to Alistair Begg. He he's such a good, godly Bible preacher. But but beyond that, do yourself a favor <laughs> and type in. I think it's the man in the on the middle cross yeah, told me to come. Like that, Type into Google the man in the middle cross told me to come. Space Alistair Bag, Alistair Bag. Yeah. Um, that was my attempt at a Scottish accent. <laughs> um, uh, you, 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 you'll, you'll thank me that you did. It's it's a it's yeah, a wonderful yeah, it's, it's a wonderful two minute clip of yeah, your about. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you were saying, and so he then draws this conclusion of this this thief who hanged on the cross. He comes to heaven. And he says, and the angel asks him, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm here. And, and, and then he can, Alistair Begge then continues and he says, this guy never attended a Bible study. He never took communion. He never went to church, never tithed, nothing. How can he be here? And then he draws the conclusion with what you said. He said, but the guy on the middle cross <laughs> said I can come. <laughs> it's I mean, such a glorious it's, thought. It's brilliant. And so th that's where we see Jesus nothing saying. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Um, today you will be with me um, in, in paradise. And that is the, the promise for each, of one, each and every one of those who has faith in Jesus. Uh, commas matter. Guys, commas in sentences matter. <laughs> today, comma, you will be with me in paradise, yeah, or yeah. today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah, these are... Where the comma sits in the sentence makes a difference to how the sentence yeah. is understood. Yeah. Anybody want to talk to that? Well, I, I, I'm sure I know what you're referring to. One, uh, you know, let me let me say someone who's a very famous person on TV um, who, who who used that movement of the comma to say that jesus went to hell he mm. had to go and suffer in hell mm. for our sins and and the way they justify it is they would say and jesus said unto him today comma you know saying that they didn't go to heaven once they died it's just that jesus was making that statement today, today. <laughs> instead of that yeah. they will be actually today in, in heaven it sure. actually gets used by by cultists as well really saying sure. um, the that. idea of soul sleep so jesus is saying saying this today you will be with me in paradise at some stage in the future and so that would justify soul sleep which is one of the intermediary states that is held um, by some cults and and some let, let me also say and some christian denominations um uh, it's also used uh, to to justify all manner of 
odd theologies. Mm. Um, commas do matter. The reality is Greek is written without commas. Okay, um, uh, English we insert commas in order to understand the way that things are working. Um, this passage is saying today, 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 you and I will be together. In Abraham's bosom or paradise, um, there's a couple of different ideas in terms of what that state is, but we will be together. Jesus Christ will be with this thief on the cross because you're not saved by your tithing. You're not saved by your church attendance. You're not Mm. saved by your pedigree in terms of your parents. You're not saved by, you're not saved by any of these things that people like to make the religious, um, works of their day you're saved by faith and trust in jesus christ alone and so jesus could turn to the man on the cross a man who interestingly enough just moments before had been reviling and cursing jesus christ together with the other thief Mm. so different gospels uh relay different parts of the story it turns out that this man um was cursing jesus just like the guy on the other side but at some stage it dawned on him that this wasn't just a yeah. criminal. This and was the lamb. And just as a as a quick gospel insert is, you know, a lot of times people use that that man on the cross who got saved as a as an excuse. I can I can reject Christ now because yeah. later I'll get the opportunity. But like Spurgeon said, a lot of people forget that there were two thieves yeah. on the cross, yeah. and Please. you are most likely going to be the, the man who rejected Christ until the end. Yes. Do not deceive yourself thinking, yes. oh, at the end you, because if you do not see the worth, the worth, the beauty, the treasure that is Christ now, why do you think you'll, in your own will, in your own power, come to that conclusion near the end of your days? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we praise God for for that example, but we should remember there were two thieves with two completely different destinations. He was saved at the twelfth hour that we might know that all men can be saved, that we wouldn't despair. But he was saved at the twelfth hour that we might be warned that the time is short and that now is the moment of our salvation. Jesus, in John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27, when he saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his home, to his own home. What does this tell us about Jesus in the moments before his death? Well, I I think it tells us a few things. Um, One of the amazing things is it it shows us Jesus' care and concern Mm. for his mother in the midst of suffering, both physically and bearing the weight of humanity's sin jesus continues to fulfill the law Mm. by loving his mother yes so that that shows us jesus love and his care and it it also shows us the uh, you know just shows us the 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 importance of of family i think as well because Mm. you you'd think in my mind you know if, if i didn't know about this or know any better i'd think no Mom, I'm busy with important things. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are like eternal matters that yeah. I'm busy with, Mom. But no, that's not how Jesus reacted. Mm-hmm. It's he, he showed this love and care towards his mother in the midst of that ordeal. Yeah, this 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 point to I mean, which all of history has led I up mean, to. Just to picture it, uh, you know, you've got the cloud, the the storm clouds gathering. Yeah. The the sky is beginning to get mm-hmm. dark. It's so clear that there's something supernatural that is happening Mm. in this moment and yet in care and concern jesus christ looks down on his mother and uh 
and commits her and commends her to his friend's home that yeah. his friend would take care of her. Yeah, I also wonder about just the intimacy with John, you know, yes. to, to just kind of, love. you know, to just kind of like, um, he it's doesn't really have almost like not an option but he's like knows John would take care yeah. of, yes. of and trust Mary to to John I think it speaks a bit of, <laughs> of the intimate relationship uh, between uh, Jesus and, and John yeah. so we've got responsibility but we've also got the, these these elements of fraternal um, uh, love um, yeah just an incredible picture of of humanity on display in the midst of divinity mm. sure so now we come to matthew twenty-seven forty-six. about the ninth hour jesus cried out with a loud voice mm. saying eli eli lemma sabakanti that is my god my god why have you forsaken me what on earth does that mean how can god forsake god in what sense is jesus speaking of um, I understand he's he's quoting something here. What, what what's going on here, Jabu? Uh, he's quoting uh, Psalm twenty-two, verse one. It says, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning?" Um, what what we have happening on the cross is is something that I don't think we'll be able to explain well on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. It is it is something that I think. Our finite minds might not even have the capacity to understand because what we have is Christ experiencing the full weight of the sin of the world. And he's also now experiencing for the first time in eternity separation from God. Yeah. Um, it is it is the great dilemma of, of God forsaking God. It's 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 something that um yeah, man, I I, I can't fully wrap my mind around because we know that, you know, th- there's no point uh, uh, where, where the Trinity can be broken. And yet we still have this, uh, this, this, this saying from Christ on the cross where he says uh, that he's been forsaken by his father, whom he loves dearly. He is the beloved of the father. Yeah. And, and yet we see as he's experiencing mm. the weight of the sins of the world. Mm. Um, in fact, even even just that, that sense of filth, we then see he, he says, mm. um, why has God forsaken him? Why mm. is there separation between father mm. and son? Some some theologians speak about the curse motif, you know, that um, as, um, as he is, is there and... Um, receiving the wrath and you know when in a way like curse so that we we will be uh, freed from from the curse um and uh and i think you know Jabu is, is right it is uh i i don't fully comprehend uh, that um but it is uh, something that we should appreciate because it was for for our sake maybe one last thing it's it's exactly what God had said would happen to Adam. Yeah. If uh, by eating of this fruit you shall surely die. Mm-hmm. Christ was about to surely die physically, but there was there's also this element of separation that we're not mm-hmm. understanding, which is exactly what happens to those who die without Christ. There's an eternal separation from mm-hmm. God, experiencing his full wrath um in, in, in the lake of fire forever. Um and what we have here is 
we have Christ feeling that weight of separation. Uh, man, to to what extent? Uh, uh, man, I, I I don't have all, all the answers to that, but but there is a um, a clear understanding of the wages of sin being paid at that point. Mm. I, I like what you said. Job, you know, I want to underline it because I think there's a danger of taking this idea of separation too far. Mm. It would be too far to say that God, the Father, was separated from His Son, or didn't, or or, or was looking down on what He was seeing, um, and and was in some way disapproving um, of Jesus. He was approving of what Jesus was doing yes. in that moment. Mm. Um, he knew uh, that Jesus was innocent. Um, but the weight of the world, the oppression, that separation that mankind rightfully will receive, the weight of all of that is on Jesus Christ in that moment. And in that moment of excruciating agony of spiritual um, uh, uh, gravitas, Jesus cries out and points to a psalm which shows how the Holy One of God would ultimately, um, for, uh, how he fulfills all of these prophecies that David had made around him, um, pointing them to to just the, the work and the person whom Jesus is. Um, but you are right. There is something mysterious, even in the... Even in the words, the, this 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 idea of God the Son bearing the full wrath of God, uh, and and what what's going on in that moment surely uh, must cause our finite minds yeah. to to wonder, um, to wonder, and yet mystery, some of it obscured in the past in the first testament, and yet revealed fully in the person of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, that he bleeds and dies for our sins and absorbs in himself the full wrath of God, appeases the wrath of God. It is a, it is a remarkable thought, oh, a remarkable thought. Well, we then get on to, uh, to the next, uh, to the next uh, um, uh, passage from John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, and this is to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. It seems relatively mundane, and yet all scripture is written um, for our benefit. Um, why, why is this written for our benefit? What, is, what does this mean? Uh, firstly, it's, it's definitely to fulfill scripture, Psalm 22 verse 15. that says, my mouth is dried up uh, like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. So again, it's just that Jesus showing that the, the scriptures of, of the Old Testament are to be trusted, they are to be fulfilled, even in something like this that we might consider a minute detail. But it, yes. it isn't, although it might seem like that. But also, uh, there, there's definitely an emphasis on the humanity of Christ here, yeah. that Christ physically suffered. Yes. It wasn't just an, uh, an illusion. It wasn't just some performance. Mm-hmm. He physically suffered. And... Um, you know, I think the part of me that's a little bit covenantalist also wants to draw a line between to the, the saying where Jesus says that he is the, the living water. And here we see Jesus saying that he's thirsty. Yeah. Um, where Jesus says, whoever drinks of, of this water shall never thirst again, but fountains of living water shall come forth. And then, But he was speaking of the Spirit. 
definitely. Just to put it out there. Just, yeah, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, definitely. But I think just that, just to show that the, the weightiness of Jesus bearing that that sin um, on, yeah. on the cross. Okay. So seen uh, from Psalm 69, 21, uh, fulfilling that, they gave me poison for food and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to mm. to to drink. So he's definitely fulfilling um, uh, scripture. And, and I, I think we um, must remember this. Yeah, I think, Mark, you said the, 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 it's there in the scriptures for a reason, you yes. know. The God, God thought this is important, <laughs> so yeah, um, it's good that we remember even this, uh, what it seems to be minor details. Well, guys, we now come to two glorious, glorious texts to close us out. The first one is John chapter 19, verse 30. It actually puts a smile on my face. It really does. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Chelbu, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Bring us home. What's Jesus talking about? What are the implications of those words? It is finished. The, the work of securing redemption for mankind is finished uh, here behold it, it reminds me to the beginning of his ministry behold the lamb of god who mm. takes away the sins of the world behold it is finished yes. i have completed that which my father has sent me to do yeah mm. I, I i mean it's a it, it is incredible the, the last dregs of the wrath of God mm. have been drunk by Jesus Christ, our yeah. sin bearer. Mm. Um, and it is done. There, sure. There's nothing left to pay. Sure. Um, it is done. I, I can see you chomping at the bit to add something in, Brennan. Um, Paul Washer used this, this Come on now, example. So, now listeners, <laughs> so you've got two referrals from today's show. The one is go and Google Alistair Begg, listen to almost anything that he preached, but you're going to go and look for the man on the middle cross, yeah. Alistair Begg. But then go and Google Paul Washer and uh, oh, you can you can choose almost anything, yeah. but maybe the most shocking sermon ever preached is <laughs> literally the, the when, shocking when, message. Yeah, the shocking message is, is a great place yeah. to start. But yeah. carry on, Brendan. So so he Paul Washer gives this example of of Jesus in in the garden in Gethsemane, and he preach and, and he, he prays, um, Father Vigil will take this cup from me. Mm. And he says, you know, you see almost this picture of Jesus given this cup. And he, he is holding this cup. And he just, he starts drinking the cup. And then at the end, he drinks the cup and he turns it upside down. And there's not one drop that falls from that cup. Yes. He absorbed the full extent, the full wrath of God on yes. the cross. And due to that, Jesus was able to say it is finished because it was finished indeed. What are the implications of it being finished? What does this mean for listeners to the show today? Peter and then uh, Isaac, or Isaac and then Peter. I, well, one of the implications is that that is salvation accomplished. There is nothing that you can ever do in order to accomplish salvation. That salvation in its uh, uh, it has been accomplished by Christ. So no matter how much you go to church or, or, or pray and, or read the Bible or good deeds or good works or try hard, 
nothing of that can can earn you salvation, can accomplish salvation. Salvation has already been accomplished. It has, it's finished by Jesus Christ. The work of salvation is is done. Yes, I just basically wanted to say that <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just maybe add on to that as, yeah. as, as a reminder for us as Christians. I'm, I'm always, when I, when I think of that, that passage, my mind always goes to 1 John 1 verse 9, mm-hmm. where John is writing specifically, he's writing to Christians, but the gospel is for Christians as well. It's not just for unbelievers, it's, it's for Christians, where yeah. he says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful yeah. and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse mm-hmm. us from all unrighteousness. And, mm-hmm. and for me, the amazing, the amazing uh, uh, thing about that, that verse is, is if, you, if you think of the logical opposite, if we confess our sins and God does not forgive us our sins, he would be unfaithful. He would be unjust. Why? Because it was finished. Yes. It is finished. We cannot be, we cannot, the, the, the price for our sins cannot be paid twice. And sure. so it is the justice of God that will forgive us our sins mm. because it is finished. Mm. Last, uh, last verse, last saying of Christ on the cross. Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Mm. And having said this, he breathed his last. Mm. Guys, closing thoughts mm. on the death of Christ related to this verse. Um, let's uh, go around the table um, and that will bring our time to an end. So I think um, we have to draw a bit of a picture. The, the process of crucifixion um, was basically one of suffocation to death. What would happen is you hang with your arms spread wide um, and you basically be drowned by your own lungs. Yeah. Um, and, and what would happen is as Jesus was on the, as people were crucified on the cross, uh, the longer they were on the cross, their bones would be broken so they could no longer pull themselves up to breathe. This statement is a good reminder that Jesus gave his life. Um, yes. It, sure. wow. as, as much as he was murdered, as much as he was um uh, he was crucified on that cross. It is Jesus who willingly gave his life on that cross. Mm. Um, in fact, there's a passage in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verse 14. Um, oh, man. Oh, that says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from the dead, works um, to serve the living God? It is, it is great to know that not even one bone, again, to fulfill uh, the, 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 the scriptures, not even one bone in his body was broken. He gave his own life to fulfill the will of the Father as the lamb without blemish. Mm. Brennan. Yeah, um, it, I think it, it focuses, we, we see Jesus' humanity in that moment where he... Uh, where you know there's there's this I think it's it's Gnosticism that that speaks of this where it says that Jesus was he he wasn't actually a, um, a, a man if if I'm if I'm correct that for because Jesus is holy and matter like physical matter is is bad he cannot be a man and and they we we I think it's it it we can see a picture of Jesus being man uh, it was he was a person who was who was able to breathe. And in that last moment, it was his last breath. Um, we we saw that even though he was truly God, he was um, um, truly man as as well, being able to to sympathize with us in our weaknesses as we 
as we um with that cross reference for that verse in 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 Hebrews, mm-hmm. um and yeah, saying so it without that, I mean we have a we have a high priest there mm-hmm. can who can who's interceding for us. Mm-hmm. Peter, so yeah, firstly, Jabba, thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 thinking of Romans six verse eight. It says now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. Just that that aspect of the gospel. Um, once again, we we mentioned that it it wasn't just enough that Jesus had to live; he had to suffer. He he had to die as well. He had to defeat death. And for the believer, death that is once that was once our enemy is now turned into a into an usher. <laughs> Opens the door to bring us to Christ again. And so just because for those of us who've, who trust in Christ, we have died with him. And so now we get to live with him yeah. all eternity. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the things that um, maybe it shows is just uh, just minutes, moments earlier, he had said, um, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me <laughs> here now? Father, to you, I, I commit um, my my spirit I, I, again. In a sense, you know, this was uh, um, it, it was a plan in the Godhead. It 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 was uh, there is there almost seems to be a, like a, a reunification or like a restoration. Yes. Uh, you, you know, uh, yes. it's saying like okay, it's finished. Now it's accomplished. Um, Father, the plan is complete. Yeah. Almost insane. Yeah, that's I good. think uh, it is um, just a, a, a great um, uh, picture. Yeah. Well, friends, that brings us to the end of this morning's show. It's Good Friday. It's a wonderful opportunity to remember the death of Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. But even in remembering his death, um, it would be reticent of us not to remember that he is not here, for he has risen. (laughs) Three days in the tomb, and hell could not keep him. Satan had no hold over him. He was not defeated, but instead, up from the grave he arose, triumphant, um, our conquering king. And the good news is that salvation is available to every man, woman, and child, never mind who you are, listening in, even today. Salvation is available to you because Jesus Christ has won. (laughs) He is victorious. The call on your life is to repent, Mm. turn away from your sins, and cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ, and you will live. Mm. I do trust that you have enjoyed today's show. I do trust that you enjoy um, this this weekend as you worship together with others, um, that you spend time in Resurrection Sunday together with God's people. You've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host, Mark, Peter, Brennan, Isaac, and Jabu. We're going to be going to news shortly. And so until next week, Friday, walk wisely, live holy, and testify zealously. God bless. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture, and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. 
We are relevant not because we are like our culture. We are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men. Our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men.